When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco. Hello. Oh dear. So, yeah, recording the day after Southampton defeat away. And let's forget about it for a bit. Let's talk about some other stuff, I reckon. So it was quite a quiet week, really. Probably because we had three fixtures in the in the previous week within seven days. And yeah, so it was a bit kind of like mulling and waiting around for the, the game all week. And Gets a bit boring these week week long spells, but then we're we're gonna quickly be into another one on Wednesday though, aren't we? Well, that's true. It was I think it was probably well timed because oh well maybe it wasn't, but yeah, it gave us a long time just to rejoice in the glory of Watford. And yeah, maybe that just went to everybody's heads, I suppose, in the end. Everyone got drunk on Watford. They I mean, one of the things that me and you've talked about a lot, Rocco, in the last week or so is our fans and VAR. So I thought we'll touch on those things today because they're quite topical, aren't they? Uh, but our fans, and we put a tweet out there, are absolutely incredible. You know, travelling to Southampton at 4am in the morning, like starting, set, sorry, setting off at that time, some even earlier than that, just to get there for a, for a 12 or a near enough lunchtime kickoff. And yeah, just just unbelievable. And you can't beat the away day experience, even when they don't go right you sort of you still make a day of it don't you and you have a good time and um but yeah just incredible and the amount of money and time they put into doing it it's just it's just awesome yeah it really is i mean it's a it's a good few years now since i was going regularly to away games and um yeah i, I remember so I'd, I'd probably not been for like probably 10 years and i went in the away end for stoke in bielsa's first season and like got got underneath the stand as you walk through the turnstile and like immediately just like I got floods of regret because like <laughs> realized what I'd been missing out all these years. And, you know, there was a time where I actually had an away season ticket and not a home season ticket because I, I couldn't afford to do both. Uh, so I just went to the away ones um, every week, well, yeah, every away game because it's a lot of fun. So yeah, I, it looks like they were having fun at halftime. I did wonder whether anyone had the balls to leave at halftime, 3-0 down after after what happened last time where we were 3-0 down at Southampton at halftime. Uh, it didn't look like anyone was uh, yeah in the mood to leave. They were they were just having a party instead. I think the coppers under the uh, the blokes that were see, <laughs> singing, dancing, drinking, or I say drinking, throwing pints everywhere. Uh, I think they wanted to leave, if I'm honest. But yeah, it was uh, incredible, and we're always up for hearing from any fans that travel to away games as well. So feel free to get in touch on Twitter um, or email us at aup at leeds that dot com. Um, yeah, just a couple of no- notable mentions. I plucked a. Uh, 
I think it's Wayne Griffiths out in on Twitter as well who regularly posts uh, the same photo from the front of his car as a selfie of him and his daughter going to to away games and just it's just awesome. Like the mem- the memories you make are, are incredible. Like you know, and and those 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 lads I know they'll have some sore heads probably still now. Um, they will have some great memories of their early twenties going to games with their mates. So soak it up. It's brilliant. So yeah, going into the Saints game, we'd won 48, drawn 22, and they'd lost 28. So our record against them is pretty decent. What did what did Farker have to say in the week? Did he sort of hint at any kind of changes or was he topics elsewhere? Not really, yeah. I think he was mainly sticking to other topics. I don't yeah, he doesn't I don't think he's gonna get drawn into yeah, giving his team away. But it was, yeah, I liked the comment he made about Bamford and when he said about Bamford coming back and, you know, started talking him up, of course. And he said he didn't win his England cap in the lottery, which was a good line. I enjoyed that. But actually, it was... It was a bingo. So he <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the lottery, was it? It was, it was a, well, it sort of was, really, because, hey, if it wasn't for Bielsa, um, it'd, have, it'd have probably been nowhere near. But anyway, that's another matter. Although I will actually say, so one thing that really annoys me <laughs> So, so hang on, hang on, before you get dive into something that really annoys me. So okay. a few people now have said, bloody hell, Rocco's a pessimist, and he like <laughs> the Adam who I sit next to the football said it as well. I said the funny thing about Rocco is and probably why we need to do video podcasts is because he's smiling all the time. <laughs> like pe- people people need to see your face. Anyway, sorry, carry on. It is true. The thing that really annoys me is that <laughs> he's smiling. Sure he's bad. smiling, I can vouch for it. So like after that press conference, obviously people are talking about Bamford being back, but all I'm seeing on Twitter is people like complaining about people slagging Bamford off. I never saw one tweet about like, I never saw one tweet slagging Bamford off, only people complaining about the people slagging him off. And it just adds to the noise. Like, you know, just, just leave it. I don't know. Did you see anything? I mean, maybe I'm I'm sure that people were saying stuff, but like, I never see it. And I would never have known that people were being nasty if, if my timeline, timeline wasn't flooded with people complaining about it. So yeah, I wish people would just, just leave it, I suppose, and not add to the noise like I'm doing right now. The thing is, is Twitter or x.com fills the noise itself because if you type something in there or you engage with something that says a certain word, you do see more of it. Like I've really noticed it recently because there'll be, even be accounts and things that we don't follow that I've had a look at and it might be some awful posts that I've just then read and then I start to see loads of posts of that person so I think unfortunately it does sort of become self-fulfilling and so for me I'm the same as you I haven't seen any of it I choose to ignore it I hate it I did have a little joke on Twitter about Bamford's haircut looking like a dog groomer had done it which I think is fair like you know I I love the guy but I still think his hair's crap (laughs) that's okay yeah Touching back on Farker, the thing that he said um, that was interesting actually was before the match. So like on, you know, when Sky are interviewing him uh, half an hour before or whatever. And, you know, everyone's praising his team and all the talking about the clean sheets. And Farker said, hey, let's not, let's not praise us before the game. Let's hope we're praising us after the game. Um, And he was right to say that. And I must admit, like, obviously I was really positive last week after Watford, of course. But like the closer the game got, I just started to think it's just going to be such a predictable defeat. Like Southampton, all they kept going on about was how many goals they conceded the most in September and Leeds haven't conceded any in September. And we've seen it a hundred times. So yeah, still very, very, very disappointing how it turned out. But yeah, maybe it was just always going to be one of those days. 
when you're preparing for a, a match like that where the team's lost four on the bounce, do you just watch all those fixtures and then kind of watch them and go, oh, well, they're their weaknesses. This is how we're going to play against them. But actually, you need to analyse all the stuff that went before those four games where they did play some good stuff. Um, because, yeah, it's like there's at this level, there's always a chance for someone to turn it on or turn it off. You know, it go either way. And um, yeah, it's just sod's law. I mean, I was the eternal optimist to you saying yeah we've got it in the bag these are rubbish and i still do think southampton they've got some great players in there for this level but they're nothing special like that's that's what was so frustrating that we just didn't put them under pressure because they try they've tried to pass it around the back in loads of their games and they just lose the ball they sort of panic and then teams are in and they score and then it all sort of collapses from there and that was disappointing that we just weren't pushing into them from the start but before we, before we jump into that or before we talk about the game you were talking about Cooper coming in for Rodon before the game and you were quite explicit in your, not in your words, but in your, in your opinion on this beforehand and, you know, which I think probably turned out, out uh, to be true, but you were really disappointed in the fact that Rodon came. You are disappointed that Cooper was in for Rodon, should I say? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was flabbergasted. I can't believe that Farker made that decision, not least because we've seen him already this season bringing in better players despite other players having good games. And this, it was a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. And the reasons being, Cooper had been injured for a long time, came in against Hull, looked very dodgy, and, you know, which is understandable, but it did look dodgy. Watford game, brilliant performance. In terms of keeping a winning team, like it doesn't count because like Cooper didn't have to do any defending at all. And we didn't win that game because of Cooper. He had nothing to do. I'm not saying... You know, that he was bad or he would have been bad, but he, you know, you can't, he didn't have a blinder. You know, it's just, it was a non-event that match for, for the defense. And Rodon's been our best player this season. He's an absolute rock. We had the, well, he's transformed the defense himself. We've, I think we've kept a clean sheet in every game apart from that, the Ipswich game and the yeah, West Brom one as well before that. But yeah, I mean, you know, four clean sheets in a row since Rodon settled into the team. Uh, and it's a really tough game against Southampton going down there I just can't believe it and especially as well how unfortunate the red card was so yeah to weaken our hand by playing Cooper instead of the best defender in the league I think it's just terrible a terrible decision and and I understand the sentiment like you know about keeping the shirt and stuff and you know Cooper's a captain and he's a leader it's just it was just a wrong decision and you know I hope that he might get away with it but clearly it was well, it was catastrophic because within a minute, Cooper's completely lost his man and we're 1-0 down. And then after that, it's, well, we can't possibly judge now. <laughs> you know, all the players were off song. So, you know, maybe we'd have lost anyway and it made no difference. But I'm just, I'm just angry and, and really disappointed that, that he made that decision because I just think it's just like, just an easy call to bring Road on back in. I think it's, yeah, really, really poor decision that. I'm not going into footed on Farky yet. Um, it's nice to know that he's human and he makes mistakes. And I think as well, like we can't, for me, I don't feel like we can as a fan base praise his man management one week and then sort of slag it off the next as well because it, that that is what I think makes him a great manager in terms of him getting the most out of players. And I think to I can I can completely see why he did it and because he has you know won those games. Um, or sorry, he did well against Watford and. Like you said, they probably didn't really challenge us and that could be questioned, but I get it and I, and I get wanting to include him, but 
I think now that card's been played and it hasn't worked, things will change. It'll just become so the squad now just know right. This is about winning. You know, it's for the it's for the good of all of us. If we get swapped out and someone else comes in, it's not. You know, it doesn't matter what I I really think in this moment. Yeah, so That's a good point. That I'd like yeah, for the in the long run, it could end up being good. And I mean, we've seen it before. You know, almost identical situation. Bielsa in his first season. You know, Pontus had played a blinder at Norwich. We won three 0 and in the next game, Cooper was back from injury and we were playing Borough top of the table clash and Rady had played all season next to Cooper and then, yeah, he, he got injured. Pontus came back in and he brought Cooper back in for Pontus. So, you know, he left our best defender on the bench in that game, uh, top of the table clash on a Friday night, um, which again, yeah, I was flabbergasted and yeah, we drew that game nil-nil, so it worked out okay. So yeah, you know, managers do make these decisions and I'm, I'm you know, I, I still love Farker and I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I suppose I am slacking him off, but... I know, think, it, I think, I, I think he'll know he's made the mistake though as well, won't he? It's like, he's like, well, I've done, I did the right thing, but it was the wrong thing in terms of the outcome, you know, and that happens, doesn't it? People make decisions that's based on a good feeling and a good, and the right thing, but the outcome's not always what you want. And I think the other thing to, to take from it is, okay, so you could leave someone in place or you could you could bring someone into the team, but actually if it destabilizes someone else, is it the right thing? Because Pascal Stroik was out of position in terms of where he's been playing best. So actually by bringing someone else in, you've weakened another spot in the team. So, But these, for me, these are all lessons and hopefully they're well and truly learnt. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, he, you know, he could have left out Stroik, you know, leave Stroik yeah. out. He's played every game. Say to him, look, Pascal, you know, Rodon's back. I'm going to play him next to Cooper, right and left footer. Have um, a break. You'll come, have a break. You'll come back in on Wednesday. We've got three games this week. You know, don't worry about it. You're doing great. You know, that, that's an easy sell. Um, so if it's about man management of the squad and maybe not upsetting Cooper, you know, bring Rodon back in for strike. You know, I, I, I just, nah, I, I think, it, you know, with hindsight, obviously he'll regret it. But I'm just surprised that he didn't bring Rodon in because I just think it was the right thing, no matter what. Yeah, and I think everyone was surprised that we didn't... Let's not talk about the goals. They were awful. Um, we don't even have to talk about the positive stuff we did. We could talk about some other things once we've once we've got off the, the football match. But half-time was... It, it, it was even a bit perplexing that we weren't changing anyone. Like, it, it, yeah. it definitely needed a refresh because everyone's first touch had turned to absolute toffee. From having from having the 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 tutor tutelage of Daniel Farkas' first touch last week, everyone seemed to have just forgotten how to use their feet. Yeah, he was. It was, a, it was just an awful half, wasn't it? You know, nothing nothing went right for anybody. Yeah, half time, I I said make five changes, and and Farkas should send himself to the stands. <laughs> yeah, he did did absolutely nothing, and I sort of see that as well. You know, you know, sort of try and get a reaction out of the players and challenge them. To, to put it right, um, you know, often you can get just as big a risk response by doing that than, you know, changing a load of players. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, we did win the second half um, and we were improved. And I mean, if Piro uh, controls that ball, the through ball by Rutter, um, you know, it's 3-2 with 20 minutes to go and, and who knows. And so, you know, we were making inroads into getting back into the game. And so, yeah, I don't really... You know, I wanted changes, but probably, you know, not that bothered that he didn't make them. I can see where he was coming from. And, you know, to some extent, it almost worked. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's annoying that Kiro didn't get that touch because it was kind of, it, it was a slightly different position, obviously, to the goal he scored at, scored at Millwall. It's kind of the kind of the same thing, you know, taking it that touch and then bang, and it was just the first touch just sort of bobbled over his foot, didn't it? Bloody annoying. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, these play at the end of the day, like one of my mates said, you know, these are championship players, um, you know, so they are going to be inconsistent. Um, you know, if Piro traps that a hundred times out of a hundred, um, then yeah, he's playing Champions League probably. So yeah, I think you just have to just have to accept. That's the thing, you know. It, it's a bad day, bad day at the office. We're going to have those we're going to have a few more of them hopefully not as bad as this one um but it's our first of the season i know birmingham wasn't a good game but you know i still thought we were the better team in that game so yeah you know one bad result and then you know the final whistle comes and i mean well because we'd lost it so early by the end of the match i was already feeling better i'd sort of just come to terms with it and then you know you then you flick the channel over and brighton have lost 6-1 at villa so like, what does that tell you? You know, how you can't, you can't be too down about Leeds losing 3-1 at Southampton when Brighton are getting stuffed 6-1 at the same time. And then Man U lose, which was nice, of course, and Bournemouth gets thrashed 4-0. So, yeah, I think I've had worse days in the end. Going full circle, you feeling better at the end of full time was probably the same as the away fans that were dancing around in the stadium, how they felt at 7 o'clock in the evening. Got home and were sobered up. Didn't even have to wait a whole night. Bless them. Anything else to pluck out from the game? I thought I thought Rutter looked good on the right wing. I thought he was bad up front. He had a bad get bad day. Um, but then when he moved to the right, I thought he did really well. Um, I know he probably should have crossed that one that he shot, but he looks pretty useful out there, which was uh, which was a positive. He's awesome. He's going to be such a problem this season. That's why like we just have to bury this and move on very quickly because it's just one of them. But speaking of which, speaking of which, this doesn't even relate to it. But but, but Piro was sort of quiet through the middle, and that's kind of what we talked about last week as well. In that three percent of the time, you're going to get the ball, and and I don't I don't think any. I've heard a few people say that Piro had a quiet game and wasn't great, didn't really get into it. But it's like we just talked about. He scored that chance, and then all of a sudden, everyone forgets about all the things that you've not done in the game. So anyway. One of my mates, I mean, he said, like, he's, yeah, after the game, he said, I'm going to be frustrated by Piro this season. Um, you know, I think he'll score goals, but there's going to be games where he does nothing. And I'm, and, you know, well, yeah, yeah, that, that probably is the case. But, you know, like Gary Lineker was probably exactly the same as that. So, you know, it is what he is. I mean, a lot of people, as in the volume and the amount of people calling for him to play up front and rotter behind is, is obviously increased after that game. You know, I've sort of praised the way that they've been interchanging and the way it's worked so far. But I don't know. 
think I probably would like to see Rutter behind and Pirro up front. I mean, it, it does feel the obvious thing, doesn't it? You know, so maybe at least to try it, who knows? But I don't know, what do you think? It's one of them where everyone on the pitch around them had bad games as well. So how do you, and, and they did themselves well, Pirro in particular didn't have a great game. So how can you really judge judge those two in isolation? It's kind of like the sum of all parts, isn't it? So yeah, I, I don't know. Well, let, let's see. It's worked. It's worked a few times. It's, it hasn't worked a few others. Maybe there's a pattern there. Just do it against teams where it does work. Uh, player ratings? Yeah, zero across the board. <laughs> Feel sorry for him. Five, I suppose. Yeah, let's tick this off, Rocco. Jack. Shaq five. Yeah. Strike five. Yeah. Cooper five. Oh, that's. Who did you give four to the other week? I didn't, did I? The other week, four. I was going to give Dan James a four, but then he came up with two match winning assists. So why aren't you giving Cooper four? Well, he deserves he, a four. This is, he does this deserve is, a four. This is the trouble with a being with a being a podcast because we obviously like talk about being positive towards our senior players and you know not digging people out, but and we're not like I love Cooper, like I love everything that he stands for. I love what he's done for our club, but when he's had a bad game, he's had a bad game, and I think it's four for me. I agree. You, let, you made me do that, you absolute bloody hell. Byron <laughs> five. Yeah. Ampadu five. Yeah, I mean Maybe that... six, five probably. I don't think he influenced the game at all. He was passive, didn't do anything, did he? Yeah, it's upsetting that. It's upsetting. Yeah. We needed uh, one player to be like a, a bit of a starlet, didn't we? But it just didn't happen. Anyway. No, Kamara might be lucky to get a five, really. He, he was disappointing, really. Again, passive, do you think? Five's okay. Five, move on. James, five. Somerville, he looked a bit dangerous at times going forward, but defensively, obviously, massive, massively suspect. We give him a four. Yeah, I mean, the, the not working back that time was just shocking, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden we were, we're outnumbered. So, yeah, four. Piro, probably four as well, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the one, one time he had his chance and he didn't take it. So, four. Loved it. Georginia. 11. Uh, should we give him a, should we give him a, a, a six? He can't get a seven, can he? No. He did very Jorginho things, didn't he? He but did. None of it was enough, and that wasn't just down to him. Six. Does any of the subs just forget the subs? Forget them. They don't deserve a rating. Daniel Farker, one. Farker out. Maybe we should. What is our rating? We should probably predict Farker for the season. Should actually, and we can we we can go we'll back to him. him. All right, we'll let's let's him. sort that in the, the next podcast. We'll talk about yeah, that because we'll our our okay. listeners will be dying to hear what we say on that one. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh god. Oh, so man of the match, none of them. No man uh, of the match award deleted. Agreed. Right. Done. Southampton ticked. Oh, dear. So a couple of things I wanted to mention. Archie Gray talked to Eddie Gray on LU TV in an interview, which I thought was brilliant. Because I had, I had thought a while ago, I actually thought, hmm, I would like to see an interview with Archie, but I don't know who would do it. I mean, it could be, it's always, they always feel a bit condescending, don't they, when they're like a 17-year-old. It's like, how does it feel to play for Leeds United? <laughs> but Eddie Gray asking the questions was excellent. You know, your great uncle who's been there, done that. Yeah, and it kind of felt like it was his destiny. And I think he even asked the question that, um, you know, was it your destiny? And little thing I found out in that is mum's a marathon runner as well, so... I think all the running that his dad made him do in the summer as well, he's probably like, this is easy. Um, so he's like, he's just pure athlete, isn't he? His, his DNA is, is good. 
Yeah. It was a lovely, lovely, wholesome interview, wasn't it? Good bounce between them as well uh, with the England and Scotland stuff. Um, it, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, he seems like, well, he is a really, really good lad. Yeah, my nephew was in his class and, and was mates with him and yeah, really liked him. Funnily enough, he didn't rate him as a player. <laughs> he was that good. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's not getting any scouting jobs anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, he does. He, he seems so down to earth, doesn't he? And, and it's nice as well, like when he was saying about, you know, when was it that he sort of realised that he was going to probably make it? And he he looks back to a game where, you know, he lost and like he cared so much more than everybody else. Like, you know, cuts him to the bone, not winning. Um, and it's great to hear that. And you can see it. Like you, you see it even at this age. Like that's why he's bossing people around. That's why he was trying to drag Somerville back to the pitch in the 90th minute when he's just scored an equaliser against Cardiff, you know, and, and that's what you need. And yeah, that's why I'm convinced that he will have the maybe even be the youngest ever captain. I think I think Bremner was 19 and then Housen was maybe 19 or 20 when he got it at Millwall. So he's got a couple of years still in him to, to get the armband on, a, on an occasion. So let's see if he can do it. I, I hope he does. I hope so as well. Someone was questioning, like, I can't remember what they said, but it was, it was around, like, you know, why would he stay at Leeds and questioning the interview as well and just thought, like, Eddie interviewing him is the epitome of Leeds and you know, I think I made the point that you would have to surgically remove leads from Eddie. Um, so if, if any, if you're going to have anyone as your great uncle or a family member telling you what it means to play for this club, like, it's perfect. You know, there's so many, so many. Um, I don't want to call him a kid, but he is, he's 17. Kids at that age where you are influenced by the game, the money, people. But actually, if you've got very grounded people around you, including Hay- Hayden's, his agent Hayden Evans and his father who's his agent as well they all they all know it and they know the grass isn't always greener and if you're onto a good thing you know stick with what you've got and Leeds is massive and it's on the up so why would you go anywhere else yep and I have on very good authority that he was he was offered a well his family was offered a house and all that by Man City to try and go to them about three years ago and he wasn't interested so I don't think he's going to be going to Crystal Palace anytime soon shall we say excellent buddy pep you don't want to go there either no, look at Phillips, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Career ruiner. It's outrageous, isn't it, the way he talks about Phillips? Like, what, like talking about man management, my God. Is he just trying to get a reaction out of him or what? It's like really disrespectful. I'm not that bothered, but... I don't know, it's yeah. Really it's, it's like he's sort of not read the room all the time, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like he's talking to his mates in the pub, isn't it? Like, rather than to the press about one of his players... Yeah, strange. And then he goes on about what a great guy he is and how he loves him and stuff, but then, like, proper slacking him off. <laughs> I know. Anyway, other thing that I was going to mention, yeah, totally off the topic of football, celery is an awful vegetable, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is actually. Yeah, why, why, do, you, why do you mention this? I mean, it's important for, for bolognese sauce. You need, it, you need it in there, but I would never sit and eat a stick of celery on my own. Terrible. Oh, with anyone else. It's terrible. So today I went on a, a walk around, I've talk, talked about it earlier, around a nature reserve. It was my idea. I was like, come on, let's go for a walk. Took the, took the family. And I think it was just more to just make peace with the weekend because uh, usually I'm just livid after a defeat. And yeah, my daughter started asking me my favourite things and one of them was vegetables and I just, celery came up. I was like, no one is ever going to say celery is their favourite vegetable, <laughs> are they? It's just absolutely horrendous. It's the sort of thing you have to like coat in like, really heavy dip don't you if you're going to eat celery yeah i'm i don't know would anyone even do that i don't know never heard of it 
Celery sticks, yeah. Do, do people like munch on celery sticks, like like carrot sticks? Awful, awful veg. Anyway, so what else? Running on content, aren't we? Well, I'm just so uh, annoyed. I might as well just get annoyed at other things as well. Can I be annoyed at VAR? Yes, that's the other thing because, that we're going to talk about. Well, I, I and I'm not going to say like the normal stuff. I feel like I feel like everyone's missing the point with VAR, right? So, like, firstly, it makes no bloody difference. Like, why are we nearly, talking about VAR? What's happened this weekend, Rocker? All oh, right, sorry. Yeah, you're you're really good at like not assuming knowledge of the Indians. No, I just don't know. Well, well, Liverpool scored a goal that was onside, and the, the the linesman flagged for offside, and then it went to VAR, and the guys in the VAR room didn't realise that it had been disallowed, and so they just said, "All oh, right, yeah, check complete," uh, thinking that the goal would be allowed, and it wasn't, and they didn't bother going back to fix it. Do you know why they didn't see it? Because they were playing four-player Goldeneye on an N64. <laughs> Man with the golden gun. What a game that was. Brilliant. I wondered whether the Ryder Cup was still going on at that point. Possibly. They, they just like, yeah, had half an eye on that. But yeah, so like, like firstly, I mean, we know how it ruins games and ruins goals. Like, I, like I immediately thought, you know, that Millwall goal, the brilliant counter-attack, Piro's first goal. I wouldn't even have been excited if that was like, as we broke forward. I wouldn't have been excited because I'd have known that they were going to pull it back and check those two fouls, and it would have completely ruined the goal for me. So, like things like that, even when a goal isn't disallowed, it's ruining action. You don't know what's live and what isn't. So, all this crap that we have to go through, ultimately, it means nothing. Like you, the teams are going to finish where they are, and even if it makes a slight difference to some teams, like in the you know six hundred other matches, it doesn't make a difference. Like. And all, all it's being used for is to try and disallow goals and to try and send people off. Like, what is the point? Like, that's just so negative. Like, technology should only be used to stop cheating. Like, use it to stamp out cheating. You could just have a zero tolerance policy if they're just checking the match constantly for, you know, people cheating, even like claiming goal kicks when it's a corner. Like, just stamp it out. Make them play fairly with technology. That's how it could be used and the game would be so much better for it. But instead, they're just like, trying to disallow goals like using it in a really negative way and that's why i can't understand like the, the thing that they could use it for they don't in fact they almost like encourage cheating because players think like they might see something on the var so i don't get it and as and in terms of like removing um controversy like of course it's not going to remove controversy because like before when you're dis- debating a referee's decision Nobody had the viewpoint of the ref. So you, you like straight away, you have to concede that, well, we didn't see what the refs see. So now we can see everything on a screen that they're seeing. And it's just so boring, like just constantly debating decisions, not even talking about players or football. I absolutely hate it. And I can't believe it's still in the game. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? I don't really have much to add other than a simile, which is probably, it's a bit like farting during sex, isn't it? When if if a VAR if a VA, VAR disallowment comes in, that's that's all I can describe it as. Uh, yeah, good one. Moving on. Or should we go back to celery? Let's talk about QPR. They're twenty second oh, in the yeah. league. Let's do that. So they are twenty second in the league. So upstep Leeds United. In fact, <laughs> one thing that Dara mentioned because we have a group with Dara, and he's invited us to talk to his to his class in 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 Dublin, which were. were Dead excited slash shitting ourselves about. Well, I am going to get honorary degrees. That's what I want. Like you know, we haven't <laughs> negotiated a fee on this, but I'm going to say, can I have a master's, please? 
I don't know how these things work, but I'll have a master's if that's all right. But yeah, one thing Dara had said was, you know, why is it that Leeds sort of come up against these fixtures where the, the other team have lost four in a row and then we just always get beaten? Like, it, there's, there's something mentality-wise that's seeped into the club. It's seeped into us as well to a degree, you know, that's pro- partially why we're called Leeds that. And, and when I say we, I mean the fan base in general as well. So, yeah, why is that? Like, do we have an answer? I don't think we do, do we? I think it, yeah, I think it's it's just the Leeds that thing, isn't it? I mean, probably it's also football in general. It's probably not just us, but I think it's probably more us than, than anyone else. I can't believe that it happens to other teams as much as it does to us. I mean, the amount of times a manager's been like on his ass about to go. I mean, yeah, and it just just always like just never happens. Like I I should probably look back and see when was the last time Leeds got a manager sacked. Uh, it's probably about 10 years ago. Yeah, it's just so bloody annoying. Was it One Tuchel? Month, uh, or did he have another game afterwards? Yeah, I think he did. No. Not, it won't quite us. Nearly a year uh, ago. Probably about a year ago that now as well, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit more. But yeah, just going back to not really the game, but like, like the situation, like losing that game, like I'm still, like last week, obviously I was like talking us up like we're good, like, yeah, world beaters. But I still feel the same. So what, like... I'm really, I'm really relaxed this season. I said it last week. I'm really relaxed because I'm, I'm convinced we'll finish top six. I think that's, that's completely nailed on. And I, and I think we can win the playoffs. I don't subscribe to this that Leeds can't ever win the playoffs. I really want to just like prove that wrong. I want to break that spell and, and actually win the playoffs and maybe like get some sort of monkey off our back win at Wembley, um, which would be good for the club. Um, obviously, I'd rather get second or first. But yeah, the point being, like people looking at the table, Say seeing that we're eight or nine points off second and thinking that automatic's impossible is crazy. Like that's just wrong. Like you know, Preston and Ipswich. I mean, why why is anyone so convinced they're going to keep the pace? Like I, I think there's a very very good. I put good money on them to both fall in a way. I don't even think either of them will finish second. So the people who we're competing with are probably the teams on our shoulders. Could even be a team behind us. Who knows? So, yeah, to talk now as if like it's impossible to get second is ludicrous. Fair enough, it might be impossible to get first because Leicester, yes, they're a team that could keep going all season, absolutely. But the teams that we're chasing at the moment in second place, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not even worried about it. Like, just, you know, just, just concentrate on us. We've got a chance to get six points this week and that'll push us right back up. And if we do get six, no one's going to be thinking about Southampton defeat anymore it'll just be brushed under the carpet and it'll be a really good start again 111 points to play for this season that's what we got left so Let's see yeah would you take would you take a total or 100 from now 100 from now be unbelievable wouldn't it can you imagine steamrolling 100 <laughs> points absolutely awesome uh, it could happen you never know you never know you never know yeah, I mean, I must, like, I'm I'm less confident, obviously, a little bit because, yeah, it was pretty galling to see us play that bad. But overall, we, we're going to be top six. We are, like, touch wood, but of course, like, we're, we're a good team. It's all fine. Lessons are learnt. That's what we said earlier, and we'll stick by that. And, yeah, QPR then. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Who's he going to change? He's going to change it because he's kind of made that statement of, you know, not feeling good or not feeling like it was the right thing to take people out if they'd had a, a good performance or you know got a win under their belt but I think that's that's out the window now like I said you know it all of a sudden now becomes about okay so we've got to win football matches what's the team to do that 
and there will be games where you can probably take the foot off the gas, not tell anyone explicitly, but you know, put Ailing in, put Cooper in for those games. And they do come thick and fast in and around internationals as well. Eye breaks, you do get fixtures starting to get compressed and you need to swap people around. So for me, it's like you can't. Football's football, the game is brutal. Like players are sold at moments where they probably don't want to be sold. Dan James is shipped off to Fulham when he doesn't want to go off to Fulham. Dropping someone for a game is not brutal and it's not the end of the world. It's a game of football and you're there to win. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Couldn't really call it. Yeah, I guess probably I wouldn't be surprised to see Aileen come back in. I think Gray will come back in and Rodon obviously will come back in. Maybe he'll leave Cooper in there yeah, just to try and build his confidence. I don't know. Give Pascal a, a break. Maybe that was the plan all along. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I feel harsh actually not talking about Pascal's goal um, before we go, so we probably should, shouldn't we? I know we mentioned yeah. the scoring, but great touch, great turn. Learned from Daniel Farker that touch, didn't he? Baller. Ah, sorry. I thought you were on about the one that he banged into Arnett. <laughs> oh dear. So harsh. So hard. Yeah, well, it was a lovely goal, that. Nice little swivel. Yeah, yeah. Bit of touch of Dutch class there, wasn't it? Yeah. Bergkamp-esque. So I'm a Vilstroy. That's not even the melody, is it? I'm too tired. Yeah. No, it isn't. Could, you, could, you could make one up. I'll have that. <laughs> you know. Oh, dear. Right, cool. So we could be after, we could be podcasting after the QPR game. We'll see. We'll see our timings work. If not, it'll be at, at the weekend. But yeah, thanks for listening in. Yeah, Rocco's got some books on the site. We've also got some merch now at leadsthat.com. So go and have a look. Uh, follow us on Twitter if you're not already. Leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the others, because those that, those things do really help us. But yeah, thanks again, and we'll, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Network.